The Movie Hour, episode 237, July 2nd, 2013. As usual, we'll probably be swearing in the following episode as well as spoiling a few movie plots. Enjoy the show, everyone. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the John Cusack Bing Bang Movie Hour. My name is Greg Maloney, of course, and I'm here with you guys today to talk movies. You guys actually only includes one co-host today. Uh, Brother James is here with me. James, welcome to the show. What's up? Not much. Everyone's favorite, Jeff, is absent today. He's currently moving us to better quarters on campus, so we'll have to uh, we have that to look forward to. I get top bunk. I get, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Always, look, always looking forward to uh, the new setup, but... Things have been busy. Things have been getting kind of crazy. It's the middle of summer. Uh, Hollywood's kind of freaking out. A lot of, a lot of yeah. big tentpole movies coming out. Got it. We're in the middle of things here. Has the box office surpassed like all box offices yet? I hope so. I really, I really hope so. Like I hope the, it doesn't because I haven't been impressed with anything yet. I know it's it's kind of terrible like that. And it's one pretty damn good movie. They're pretty damn good movie this year. You, yeah. have, have you seen Come Into the Woods yet? Not that that was this year, but have you seen no. it? God, no, I have not. It's streaming on Netflix right now. Yeah. Well, no, like we talked about before, Cabin in the Woods is a movie that, you know, you need to watch with people. I've been trying to get it to happen in your house for like decades. It just How good can the movie need if, or be if I need like support to watch it? You know what we can do? We can watch it at, uh, we can watch it at Shanty Creek where our family's, our family's coming into town. It's all the little girls. They'll be great. Dude, they'll be sleeping, relaxed. Nice. The family's coming into town uh, and a lot of us are going to be taking a little vacay, which actually, James, we should have discussed before was we got to figure out what we want to do next week for the show. Um, I guess we can talk about that on the boards at gunnypit.com. But if I think you we should tour campuses and just show up at a campus and do it live. Yeah, we can we can do it over at what mock campus out there. Wait, I don't know what's over but there. Madonna University. Uh, yeah, there the That's next there. next week's episode uh, is up in the air because we're all going to be on vacation. Uh, you know who? You know, rubbing, uh, bumping elbows with the really, the really uh, famous celebrities. You know, figuring it out. We'll do uh, it from a golf course. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm sure uh, we would, you can do that while uh, Brad Pitt's working. There's got to be somebody course. famous on the golf course. Well, other than Rick Moranis, I don't know who else you want to hang out with this weekend. But, um, <laughs> do we need somebody else? Because he's there. That's great. Work on your putts. Uh, yeah. So. A lot of people, a lot of things going on. Uh, our, a lot of our family coming in this weekend. This last weekend, I went and visited our uh, frequent guest host in front of the show, Zale. Um, and I was, it was funny. I actually caught, uh, not an entire movie, but I ended up watching a little bit of TV with them and caught a little bit of uh, Con Air, everyone's favorite uh, cable movie. But I only saw that last year. It had me wondering, because you had me thinking about the whole, like, how many friends of the show are in this movie. And yeah, I start got a list. Right. I, well, I start watching it for a little bit, and I, I immediately started thinking about it. And there's probably I didn't spend too much time. I just took like two minutes to go and recap. Nick Cage is in it, obvious. Steve Buscemi in it, no problem. John Malkovich is in it. Um, and then after that, I was thinking about who else could have been in it, and I thought John Cusack has been a friend of the show forever, but apparently he's not. He hasn't been, which is why he's been included today. He's been. Uh, uh, inducted. So you're just trying to one right. Of so now this has four. So it's top. Oh, okay. so well, I'm I'm naming next episode. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Pick somebody from whatever movie that was that you talked about. No, J- John Cusack and both. Well, Weathers deserves it. John, so. John Cusack and Joan Cusack both deserve to be uh, friends of the show. We'll have to talk with Joan's people soon, but it's uh, it's glad to have them on the show, ready to rock, and 
I guess we have to discuss uh, more movie things this weekend. Like, there's a lot of stuff this last weekend. Uh, Monsters University, The Heat, and uh, that other terrible movie. Uh, pretty much we're all blasting away for the amazing pre-4th of July uh, box office. But this weekend, Despicable Me 2 comes out. I which, think it's out right now. Like, well, it came like, out today. It, yeah, like, it's, today is... It's a Tuesday night release. It's a Wednesday technical release, but they're doing Tuesday night uh, yeah, shows. And, uh, Lone Ranger, I think, too. Lone Ranger, right? yep. And The Way, Way Back, which was the movie I discussed a little bit on the the pre-summer summer, uh, preview show, which is the movie that uh, has Sam Rockwell in it. It's pretty much about this uh, 14-year-old that's kind of socially awkward and trying to find his way, and it's kind of like a... Wow, that's a challenging role for him, playing a 14-year-old. Well, Sam Rockwell's in it. I'm sorry, Sam, <laughs> and Steve Steve Carell's in it, and Tony Collette. A lot of a lot of a lot of big names. A lot of uh, a lot of the indie circuit kind of thing. Yeah, so the like Little Miss Sunshine it's group. Limited, it's a limited release this week. I think in two weeks it's, it gets a, a wider release, but it's uh, something to look forward. to. Apparently, you're... June broke the box office record. That's, I believe it. Disconcerting. Yeah, I, I blame Iron Man three. Yeah, um, uh, Superman didn't help anybody either, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is I went and caught Monsters University uh, this week, and I was thinking to myself, you know, between Monsters University and Despicable Me 2, I probably would have picked Despicable Me 2 if I had the chance. Like before and, going into it, you mean? Or after seeing Monsters U? Before going into it. I'm like, you know what? I'm really? pro- probably more pumped to see Despicable Me 2 than I am Monsters University. Why is that? I just think in general... I. I th- did you like Despicable Me more Monsters? I did like Despicable Me a lot, but I don't know if I liked it more than Monsters. I think the Monsters University thing turned off was just the. It just kind of felt like Tarnishing a cash. It. it felt yeah, it felt like a cash grab in a way. So when I was going into it, I wasn't all that excited. I was do we, like, do we think Pixar is going to just start doing that now that Disney owns them fully? Because I saw that they have planes coming out. I think it's called, and it's just like cars, but it's planes. Yeah, I I had seen that as well. I mean, like direct to video stuff that would you know be normal is now just direct to you know the theater instead just because it's disney i don't know right well disney picked them up in what 2006 so since 2006 we've had what like up was had to be still disney or at least a early project that disney must have uh because that was 2009 so that had that was yeah that was a pixar original i think because i i kind of remember a little special about all these ideas they had right right but like at that point disney probably could have pulled the plug in early stages like 2009 like that seems like it's kind of late but yeah so like gratuitous adding like, of movies story too. three cars two, like brave was out there but i i don't know i don't think it's just going to be cash grabs but i, I would just be sequel crazy though i mean uh, right i think brave too when, pe- <laughs> when people see a easy, two, easy to make money like they're gonna happen in between these other other movies i would just i would assume so yeah um, and Masters University is doing well. It's already like opening weekend. It was 82 million, and it's already up to 180 million, which I think uh, that's even respect. like even adjusted for inflation, they're about to catch up with Cars too. And that's obviously the worst movie. Hopefully. Yeah, right. That's the worst one. But like this is week two. Like it's gonna ease. Like it's gonna fly up. So, and that's adjusted for inflation. So I, I don't. I don't see how Disney could look at it and be okay. Well, why don't we just make another movie following the story arc that obviously is going to make like when the Incredibles two comes out, how many millions is that going to make? Uh, right. And dude, that's going to be that's that's almost like natural though because it's a superhero movie. So you almost have to make a <laughs> it's a super it's like built into the whole you know genre. Yeah, it's it's possible, but that was kind of what was leading me up like. 
Despicable what's it doesn't make much sense because Despicable Me Two also is a cash grab. So I can see how somebody could make fun of my logic there, but it just seemed like they could figure out what they wanted to do. Hey, let's make a prequel for Monsters uh, Monsters Inc. And- I, I must yeah, I must admit out of those two, I would say the Despicable Me is more natural towards a a, a sequel. It's like Monsters Inc. was more the I don't know the tender moment type of movie, so you don't want to like just ruin all that right, by throwing right. a movie. Hey, there were some tender moments in Despicable Me. I like that movie. It's very touching. I liked it. I don't remember too many tender moments though. The part when he's pretty much like reading to the kids and talking about how he loves them. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty I cool. Not at all. I must have blocked that part off. Wow, it's like the biggest part of the movie. Oh my god. I just remember the unicorn part. Guess guess who has this string gray? Um, yeah, that whole. Yeah. I, I'm I'm pumped to see it. I'll probably be reviewing it soon. Uh, we are going to be pretty busy, but maybe we'll see what the uh, theaters like right now. Let's go. Pieces and nephews and stuff, and it's uh yeah, it's going to be fun. And I guess what we should do is talk about the movies we've seen this week. James, how about you start us off, and we'll uh, I guess if you want, we can talk uh, a little bit. I know we had a couple of lists we were looking at too. Um, whatever you want to start with, it's fine with me. Um, yeah, we can start with the list if you want. Uh, it's the Entertainment Weekly just came out with their top 100 of pretty much everything. Uh, movies, TV shows, uh, books. Uh, I think I they even, have, they even have plays in here, like uh, albums, that sort of thing. Plays. Yeah. Um, and like Entertainment Weekly, I subscribe to it and I'm usually pretty happy with their decisions. And their, their list didn't really surprise me at all. It's very old school, like you would expect an AFI list to be, you know, all these, you know, 1940s movies and 60s movies in here and stuff like that. So not a whole lot of new stuff. I was, I was a little surprised. Uh, the number one movie, uh, you could probably guess with, you know, two or three guesses. Um, it's, is, uh, that a, is that a challenge? Cause sure, I yeah, go for it. In fact, if you, I don't know, even with your three guesses, you might get the top three. So it's kind of funny. They're the that. top three movies. They're pretty... Ever pretty basic Shawshank Redemption no no damn it <laughs> this is an IMDB this is <laughs> film critics oh man what would they have picked what would they have picked I don't know because I like I don't read their entertainment weekly at all but if no it's... but if it's like an AFI list you could probably get it no pretty I'm pretty terrible at all that kind of stuff yeah, uh from here to eternity uh no, no. north by northwest oh but rear, you're in that rear window you're in that uh, that wheelhouse. <laughs> the number one movie is Citizen Kane. Right. Casablanca. Number three. Yeah. Godfather was number two. Godfather. Okay. Yeah. Those are the top three. And they're all like, Citizen I think Kane. the first recent movie, meaning like 80s and more recent. Uh, number 15, Blue Velvet, which I couldn't stand. But Dog Day Afternoons in there, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Pulp Fiction actually made 19th, which is nice to see. But... Uh... Toy Story, there you go. Pixar made it to twenty-two. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, Toy Story, man. Where's Wally at? Wally's in there, right? Uh, actually, I don't think he is. Fuck these guys. Yeah, yeah. No. So what, wait, wait. While we're the census is kind of the Pixar episode, are there any other Pixar movies on there since we've been talking about it so much? Um, not that I remember seeing, and it does not look like it. Toy Story makes it, but no other Pixar movie. I know it's not even my top. I don't think it's even my top five Pixar movies. Like, there's you know, there's obviously some groundbreaking effects situation going on here because you know it's not like all these movies are just hey, best movie to go see. Right, right, right. It's these things have have had impacts on. on the... 
I was a little disappointed. I, they have a t- ten greatest documentaries. I was hoping to see this, uh, the King of Kong one you keep talking about. And there's, there's no way. You said top ten documentaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. There's no way. Like it's a it's, fun, it's entertaining, but it's, it's a not fun like documentary. It. But there's no way it's top ten. Amazing Confused made the list, which was kind of surprising to me. Man, wait, which one did you say? Dazed and Confused. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Richard Linklater, man, people love him. People, you know, there's somebody there at the Entertainment Weekly doing. We gotta give Richard Richard Linklater a movie quick. Uh, top ten greatest family movies. Only Toy Story out of the Pixar family. Huh. Spirited Away made it. Though. I was gonna say, did they throw throw any of those up there? Number ten made the last spot. Spirited Away. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand them at all. Family movie, Spirited Away. Like, how do you pick that over? Yeah, like that would. That's one of the least family oriented Miyazaki movies. I think. It's <laughs> right. Kind of disturbing in some parts. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Yeah. So in entertainment weekly, that's crazy. Well, yeah. you know, I, a little bit more edginess to it, but you know, you know how much I love lists. So yeah, you do, do love lists. I, on the other hand, really love lists. Then, yeah. so I was kind of hoping for some, you know, so something you went, more. Yeah. You went through it. Didn't surprise you at all. Was, yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected to see. Unfortunately, whatever. All right. Well, I'm done with that already. I was upset. Yeah. I'm upset. Keep moving. So yeah, I, uh, Besides watching one of my favorite movies on the wall, uh, I did just watch a normal movie on TV. Um, it's a uh, it's a movie called The Details. Uh, apparently, it came out in 2011. I've seen it like for trailers and stuff on my trailer show. So with your boy Toby Maguire. Yeah, my anti boy Toby Maguire. Which, which... Not, yeah, I don't know how you. Why did you even watch this movie if you knew? For those that you don't know, I I can't stand Toby Maguire. I can't think he can. I don't think he can act at all. Um, but uh, also in this movie are people such as Ray Liotta, um, Elizabeth Banks, and uh, my favorite, uh, my girl, yeah, Laura Linney. Girl, Laura Linney. Um, some counter, some counter yes, there. Yes. So um, the movie is, you know, one of those small independent films, kind of weird and quirky, kind of filled with some strange characters. Uh, it's about, uh, a guy, a, do, a doctor who you know has like kind of a perfect life, wife, kid, a nice little house. They're kind of trying to improve it, and his life just starts to unravel piece by piece. First, it's with uh, raccoons digging up his sod, and then it's um, another thing, and then another thing, and he starts making stupid decisions. And it's kind of funny because like you're supposed to kind of feel bad for him, I think, a little bit, just because he's kind of not really doing it to himself, but he is. But i you know, me being a toby mcguire hater i was like yeah let the shit fall on this is great so i enjoyed that little part of it but um um basically he ends up being you know kind of a crummy guy who's also trying to do good things at the same time trying to balance out i guess his karma for a i was gonna say like what's the conflict here so he's yeah. got a perfect life and he's doing nice things but he's getting yeah shot. like he's not getting laid at home so he strays you know from from the homestead to go find love elsewhere and and like the things start stockpiling until like we get to the ridiculous basically and stuff is yeah things just get out of hand and um the characters in it are actually pretty interesting besides toby mcguire um <laughs> elizabeth banks plays his wife um she does a pretty good job pretty normal um laura lenny is really good in this movie uh she plays like the wacky neighbor you know, just a slightly older, you know, into like very into her cat and dog, like her pets and almost a shut in, like kind of dresses like she thinks she looks nice, but she looks very frumpy and, you know, like way too much makeup, that sort of thing. Um, and she's always, you know, nagging on him and that sort of stuff. Um, 
Dennis Hayes Hayesberth is really good in this too. Uh, he he plays a, a basketball buddy of of uh, Toby Maguire, who at first you don't think he plays a big role, but he ends up uh, playing uh, a pretty big role and has some actually good acting scenes in here. Like I've always seen him play like the straight serious like president or government, right? Yeah, military or yeah. he actually gets to to do some acting in this, and it was nice to see. You know, so that was cool to see that. Um, Toby Maguire. I actually saw him act in one scene, which was surprising. He actually did good in one scene. The rest of it, he did his normal spaced outlook and like no emotion whatsoever. But so I'll give him one little bit of credit there because that's mo- more than I usually see out of him. Is this movie like? Is it surreal? Like, is are there yes, things? It's okay. it's just a little. So there's some really weird imagery and stuff like this. Yeah, like... very much so. Um, like at some like raccoons are tearing up his lawn, and it like. They're like laughing at him or something. Like, like midway through the movie, he starts like hallucinating raccoons places, and like okay, he walks right. in, and they're all over his his bedroom, and his wife's sleeping in the bed still, but not you know they're not there, so they're not disturbing her type of thing, and like it's all messed up, and he's just kind of losing it, and he's trying to balance out the shitty things he's doing to his family, and you know with trying to do good deeds, like he's been he's very nice to his basketball buddy, and like gives him a kidney and stuff like like so it's just this contrast of lifestyles basically and it ends kind of abruptly not abruptly but it just kind of ends like there's no real resolution or anything like that so it's i don't know it's it's hard for me to recommend the movie at all but there are some decent performances in it and i am biased for laura linney and elizabeth banks so and dennis haythebers where it was really good so yeah so you're not, rec- not bad like i'm not going to recommend it okay. but if you're in the mood for something a little off kilter, it's not too bad. And why did you end up catching it? Like, what caught your eye of it? For... Um, I had seen it on a uh, show that I record for trailers, and it piqued my curiosity because of Laura Linney and stuff. So, and honestly, it came down like I wanted to watch a movie before the show so I could, you know, get in my, you know, my, my responsibilities for the week and actually review something. And it won out from this other movie because of the time that it took. Nice. Perfect. Like, I can't watch the other one, I'll make it. Nice work. Um, cool. So I ended up, as mentioned before, I ended up catch, catching Monsters U, Monsters University, and everybody, anybody listening that's a family guy, has some kids, you're probably going to go see this movie anyways. So you'll probably enjoy it. It's an interesting film, um, the prequel to Monsters, Inc. And if you've seen Monsters, Inc., you'll definitely enjoy this movie more than somebody coming into this blind. Okay. Um, the, the personalities are already established, basically, type of thing. Um, more like they play off the jokes for comparison, um, which I'll get to in, in a little bit. But uh, to those that are just going to catch a movie and are like me and will watch anything, um, animated drama or otherwise, whatever, uh, this movie's still interesting. I, I think you, I think, it might be worth uh, taking a look at, especially if you're a Pixar fan or if you are. Uh, if you did see Monsters Inc., uh, this is—I think—it's a, a no-brainer to go ch- catch it, and it's—it's it's worth the money. I didn't uh, see it in 3D; I saw it in standard, so I don't have an opinion on that. But um, right, so I have an opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know you, I know you do. Uh, so what? If you hadn't caught it for established from the trailer, but this starts us off in the very beginning. We actually get opened and introduced to Mike Wazowski. This actually sort of revolves mainly around him uh, for most of the movie, but we get introduced to him like at an elementary school level. And he goes on a school tour to 
Monsters, Inc. And they actually get to go to the scare floor. And there we get to see like the idolization of the scares and all these monsters again that in the original Monsters, Inc. you were supposed to love too, even though, you know, at the end of Monsters, Inc., you get the idea that scaring's not very cool at all and that they really should make people laugh instead. And then you're supposed to just throw that away. That's one thing that kind of was like kind of kind of suck like you're going through this and they're scaring all these kids and you're thinking oh well scaring's bad now you're not supposed to do that uh but yeah um well good then it won't ruin it for, for those people who are watching it in prequel to sequel or right <laughs> yeah um so <laughs> he goes there he actually you know sneaks into a live scarer's room with the scarer and early on you get to tell that everybody all the kids make fun of him he's ostracized he's not very scary at all he doesn't belong like anywhere near the scarers or anything and um uh, the guy there that's operating the door pretty much the guy the scarer that's there uh is impressed by mike wazowski and gives him his monster university's hat and pretty much you know fade fade uh to another 20 years later and or, you know, 18 years later, whatever the monster age might be. Uh, and Mike Wazowski's going to Monsters University. Um, and where I, the jokes come in about, like, if you've seen Monsters, Inc. compared to Monsters University, uh, you will see Mike Wazowski's, you know, same character, same personality. And he goes and he's about, meet, he's about to meet his random college roommate. And before he goes in, he makes the comment like, Oh man, whoever's like the guy behind this door is gonna be my friend for life. Like you're pretty much saying those things and you know, there's going to be, you know, you're waiting for the other uh, shoe to drop. He opens it and it's Randy or Randall, Steve Buscemi's right. character uh, there. And he's really nice. Like he's like a, you know, a nice guy. And through the movie, Randall turns in, or I think it is Randall. I, I, but uh, I, yeah, they call yeah. him Randy in, yeah, in yeah. the credits for some reason. Um, and he uh, he ends up turning into a dick due to circumstances in the movie, and you get to see like, oh, that's him turning into a bad guy. So it's an origin thing. story. It's an origin story for Randall. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so while he's at Monsters University, you get the idea that uh, Mike, again voiced by Billy Crystal, if that wasn't obvious enough, and John Goodman coming back as Sullivan, uh, they end up. Uh, you can tell that he's gonna have a hard time scaring and people are uh, pretty much the entire time are pretty much making fun of him and expect him to fail, but he's got, you know, different plans. So pretty much as the semester went on, like he, you could tell he just turned into the bookworm and that's when we run into Sullivan's character as he shows up and he comes from like the long uh, bloodline of scarers kind of thing. And he's got everyone, Oh, Sullivan as in the famous Sullivan family, et cetera. And he's just doesn't study at all, but he has natural talent. So you've got the natural talent versus the bookworm dynamic, kind of like the nerd, uh, cool guy, jock thing that you see in all the other stereotypical, you know, university campus movies. Uh, but and actually the party all the time. So, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm getting handed pieces of paper and now there's people, yeah. All right. There's he's he's taking a finger and drawing it across his neck. I think that means Jeff's here. Jeff, are you in studio? Uh, is this does this thing work? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Hello? I hear you. I hear you. How's right. how's the move going? Oh, uh, it's 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 going real well. I uh, literally spent over an hour with uh, the cable company arguing about why it doesn't matter that the people that used to live here or work here, I guess in this case, uh, <laughs> haven't paid their bill. I'm a new person. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm um, trying to make things right by starting a new. Like, <laughs> right. Um, this can't be the first time in the history of Time Warner Cable that someone ever moved into a place that nobody canceled the 
anyway so well uh, i know i know you have limited time i was t- talking about monsters university but if you uh if you want to talk about how awesome this weekend is going to be you know what this week because jeff's gonna you guys don't know this but jeff's gonna be in town too and uh uh pacific rim comes out this the weekend while we're at shanty creek maybe we're gonna have to catch us oh uh, i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be there oh, yeah, i can the be there that weekend. long shit um but uh uh, that, that, that's an interesting. Maybe we can catch a sneak peek. peek at the, yeah. Maybe a Thursday, uh, Thursday midnight doing it. Or you know, you and I can just go uh, duo to go see Despicable Me together. We can go see the second Perfect. together. Perfect. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I have one thing to add. I uh, to to the podcast before I before I make my gracious exit to you know really give it to the interns. Um, the, I've seen three movies in a row now with uh, Richard Jenkins. Really um, nice. It doesn't surprise yeah. me. The guy's everywhere. Yeah. Um, I saw, uh, I, well, as I mentioned, um, I think in the last podcast, I watched um, the Kevin at the End of the Woods, or Kevin at the End of the Woods, Kevin in the Woods again, yeah. uh, obviously he's in that. And then um, when I was staying, uh, graciously, I was staying with Matthew Rogie, and he uh, he had rented Jack Reacher, and he's in that. And then I watched a movie that um, <laughs> I later found out that Rogie had like rented from Redbox for like a night for two dollars and forgotten about and just like found like a like a thirty five dollar. Uh, yeah, congratulations! <laughs> you bought this. Yeah. Um, I saw. Uh, I think Jim already reviewed this, but Killing Them Softly, and I was quite fond of Killing Them Softly. That's but, a decent uh, film. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, is it because Brad Pitt? Is it because you like Brad Pitt? It's partially because I like that. <laughs> and James Gandolfini, God rest his soul. All right. Yeah. It's amazing how much press he got, dude. Just amazing. Like, oh, yeah. actor that, you know, did some things, had a heart attack because he's a big guy and he was 51 years old. Dead. Like, I don't know. Wow. He looked a lot older than that. That's, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, James Gandolfini, RIP, and I'm sorry I can't stay a little longer, but I did want to just chime in and say hi to, hi to my good friends and uh, and uh, Greg and Jim also. Yeah, and, I was waiting uh, for that. Yeah, <laughs> have a, uh, <laughs> no, have a wonderful <laughs> podcast, guys. I, uh, I hope to talk to you guys very soon. All right. Yeah, good luck, man. We'll, we'll Thanks for stopping by, man. Good luck. Yeah, move. Yeah. We got Monsters University to talk about anyways. Get out of here. All right. Perfect. Take care. Um, so I'm not, not going to lie. When I heard James Gandolfini died, I was making jokes in my head already about him playing with his grandson in the garden because he was in Italy at the time. Yeah. yeah. Just just immediately. I don't Nobody's Nobody decided to touch that joke in terms of making like a skit yeah. or something. In my head, I, I used it quite yeah. often. Um, so the Monsters University thing. So you've got. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got. Uh, Mike Wazowski, Sullivan, there's, they have this thing where they're actually, when they first meet, they don't like each other. Uh, Sullivan represents everything Mike hates, where he has the innate ability that Mike doesn't, where he's, he's kind of dilute, like, uh, he has like this illusion that, uh, Mike has this illusion that he's actually scary, even though everybody around him tells him he's not. Um, and he thinks he can beat Sullivan and scare him. It's like a maverick and Iceman relationship. Right, right, exactly. Now, the where the conflict in the the story arises is they're in the scaring school at, at the university, and they both immediately get kicked out by the dean for some hijinks, and from there they are stuck doing other like scaring things like there are door designers and there are you know uh, canister creators and stuff like right, that like right. people that are involved in the business the behind the scenes yeah. guys the key um, grips of the world right and they're not happy about it and they realize that there's another way to get into it 
And it's actually Mike uh, Wazowski that figures it out where there's a scare champion thing run by the Greek fraternity sororities uh, chapters to Ooh, figure like out this. who the top scarers are. And when he's there, he gets uh, a chance to channel, like to pretty much uh, address the Dean, uh, Dean Hardscrabble. I don't know where the Hardscrabble comes from, but um, who's uh, voiced by Helen Mirren, by the way. And she kind of like sponsors the event and Mike says, Hey, I, if we, if I become the top scarer in this, you gotta let me back into the school. And she pretty much agrees to it. And yeah, this and, is back or, uh, the hell's the name of that one with fucking uh, Vince Vaughn. It's that movie. Old school. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I wanted to say back to school. And, yeah. Similar. Yeah. Similar to it. And, uh, Sullivan, uh, as like quite in the crowd and they still don't like each other, but Sullivan realizes it's his chance to get back in the school too. So he jumps on, uh, Mike's team to try to get back and, you know, save his name and get back into the scaring thing. Cause that's what they both really want to do. And then the long story short, we get to see their team. It's him. Uh, it's Mike Sullivan and these four like delinquent, really nerdy frat. Revenge of the nerd style. Old, yeah. Revenge of the nerds, old school style. And they figure out with as the team, like how to uh, become number one. And of course you have uh, the obvious Jack fraternity setups, um, which was, which is where you get Nathan Fillion's character plays Johnny Worthington. He's pretty much nice. the jock cool guy in this movie. And um, so Steve Buscemi, like is their arch enemy at this point or no? Steve Buscemi ends up. Um, so pretty much he is really nerdy, like, like Mike is, but he wants to be in with the frats and at some point, Steve Buscemi gets uh, added to the fraternity, I forget what it's called, that's Roar, I think is what it's called, um, which is what Nathan Fillion's on. So he's on the, he's in he's the, in the Roar fraternity, guys, yeah. and they're still kind of like okay until toward the end, there's a head-to-head uh, scare contest where they have to go to the simulator, and it's kind of like a race where um, it's a head-to-head, like you and I will go in the simulators, and if I outscore you... Um, we get those bonus points. So if I outscored you by 10, we get 10 points and you get zero kind of thing. Um, so they actually, Sullivan goes head to head with Randall and beats him, beats him mercilessly. And that's, and Randall says something like, I'm never going to lose to you again or something like that. Nice. And that's, that's the, the turning point. Um, and uh, yeah. What's so, it called? What's it called when it's not foreshadowing? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? yeah. <laughs> Um, so it ends up, uh, it ends up being a fun movie to watch. And, uh, there are a couple other, uh, recognizable voices. I, say, yeah, I do have a name guessing game. The Charlie, Charlie day was easy. Um, and he plays a Charlie day guy. So it was yeah. like super quirky, goofy. Guy. One of the, the misfits. Um, right. So the misfits, Dave Foley, Sean Hayes, uh, Joel Murray and Peter Sohn are pretty much all of them. And Char- Charlie day. Um, and there ends up being. Joel Murray. Shit. Probably the, the one I laughed the most about was Charlie Day. At some point, all the characters, like when they're about to split up and they're about to give up, give up. Uh, Mike Wazowski takes them all to Monsters Inc. and shows them the scare floor, and the, they end up getting busted and they're running away from the cops. And right when they get busted, Charlie Day's character Art just goes, "I can't go back to jail," and runs and. For some reason, the I can't go back to jail resonates with me. Where just, like whenever you his face instead of the just, character, not just that, but like any party you're at when like uh, the cops come, there's always and there's a great story from our friends of the show and co-hosts 
at Western where just a guy pretty much yells, I can't get another MIP and just jumps through a screen window. <laughs> like pretty much just right. And everybody had, I think a lot of people have that uh, experience and it's just funny that they decide to put that in there. Like, you know, the people at Pixar and the people writing the right. screenplay are just like, Oh, perfect. And that's what this is. Like this is, this movie is to get to the side of everybody that's been to, you know, university and has, you know, dealt with all this shit. It's your usual university movie in terms of all that stuff. Yeah. There's the, quite the the voice cast to this. Right. And there the difference I guess the only the only cool thing about this is you do get to relate it to Monsters Inc. There are some jo- you do actually see a lot of the other monsters that you recognize from monsters inc in this from different points like you can tell they're just dropping them in different scenes even though right, right. not a character at all you see little easter like, eggs right you see them and you know like okay that guy's that guy's in it later but um i think pixar did a pretty good job and i think uh when i, I said do. when i said it was gonna be a cash grab um and i thought it was gonna be it they pretty much the the story here is like just the friendship of mike uh of mike and sullivan and uh, i think the story in Monsters Inc. I think was a lot more impressive, right. um, and I think it had a little Wally esque to it. Um, and I think, uh, like, it's just I guess the whole with Boo being like a character that can't talk, but you can feel a relationship between her and Sullivan and uh, Wazowski, and it, it ends up being pretty awesome. And I, you don't see as much of that in this, uh, but I think this movie's still worth watching. I still want to see Despicable Me too. Then maybe I can. Uh, square them up head to head but i do recommend the movie i'd, I'd check it out um, yeah I, I don't think i'll be able to avoid it <clears throat> yeah all your all your nieces and nephews i think i've seen it already but i yeah i'm sure you that, that, that won't stop me right i think you can catch I it i see uh ratzenberger plays the yeti again yeah and again it's another it's another just a drop in well it's a drop in but it's also another joke to the that uh references the original where okay, okay. they uh mike and sullivan pretty much get kicked out of school but they pulled off like a super awesome thing where they they pulled off a great scare pretty much and they end up going to work at Monsters Inc at the mailroom and start working their way up and in the very end when they join the mailroom the yeti guy is the boss of the mailroom and he says oh don't tamper with that mail the offense is banishment and like walks by like um, which the yeti's ba- you find him banished right. in, the, in the original so um, yeah that's it's pretty hilarious and yeah it was worth watching and I. I I was going to bring up something else. I don't remember what it was, but um, I guess uh, I guess we'll have to save save more for later in the comparison for Despicable Me down the road too. But yeah, so this weekend you can uh, you can catch Despicable Me Two, The Lone Ranger, which I I really think it's going to flop. I guess the only thing it's got going for it is the Fourth of July, but it feels like The Lone Ranger. There's just... some Johnny Depp lovers out there, so who knows? Yeah, I guess because um, I I feel like it's going to be his show and not The Lone Ranger show. That's for sure. Fuck yeah. It's gonna be, but it's still. It just seems like maybe I'm just not watching the thing, the usual mediums for promotions. But I swear the promotions for this movie has just died. I haven't seen them anywhere. Um, yeah, I think you're like. I feel like I watched or saw them early, and then I haven't seen them in a while. Right. Um, but anyhow, I guess uh, that does it for our show this week. Next week's tentative. You'll definitely hear from us in two weeks. But uh, keep an eye out for some posts on what our uh, status is for next week while we're all kind of uh, shifting around on vacations. Uh, but and ev- everybody might have uh, caught last week. I had a fire outside the front of my house, which delayed the podcast quite a bit, and I had to uh, 
move quite a things around and take the interns off the production. It, it was squirrels, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't squirrels. It was oh. it was it was a, a hose and a down power line. It's pretty much uh, the, the a dumb neighbor. Yeah, uh, but it was fantastic. You should have been there, and uh, that was the reason for our delay for last week. But again, um, James. It's been awesome. Thank you for being here uh, for another movie hour. And thank you so much for your input, man. Yeah. Hope everybody enjoyed that one. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Drive safe, everybody. We will talk soon. The John Cusack Bing Bang movie hour. Catch you next time.